Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio, episode 120. My name is Matt Sin, and I'm here with B-Dubs, my beautiful wife, Carol. Hello. And I'm here with my little brother, Micah. Say hi, Micah. No. Why? <laughs> Why will you not do it anymore? I am the American Nightmare Micah. I'm now full heel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We, uh, we got a, a fun episode ahead of you. Because we're going to talk about Fight for the Fallen, AE Dubs, and we're going to talk about Monday Night Raw, which Carol and I just finished like 15 minutes ago. Boo! <laughs> yeah. No. Carol's like, yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it was it wasn't that bad. Raw's actually been pretty decent the last, right. last couple right. weeks. Um, but before we do that, we're going to give you... Kononitsuwa Resuringu no Rikishi no Nakane. And that is... This Day in Wrestling History. You did a really good job of that. Thank you. Yeah, I was terrified. It looks difficult. I didn't understand any of it, so I'm sure you did great. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she, she gave me the interpretation. Yeah. Yeah. Today is July 22nd, 2010. 55 years ago today, my favorite wrestler, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, was born. But 25 years ago today, Mr. McMahon was acquitted... In a court of law, on one count of conspiracy to to distribute steroids. Yes. That's the thing that happened. So if you're a new wrestling fan, just so you know. It doesn't seem like something Vince McMahon would do. No, he even like wore and like, I don't want to. He was acquitted. So, yes, yes. But like he wore like this neck brace and people often say that he did it for pity and that kind of stuff. So. I'm sure he would He would never work an angle. Not Vincent Kennedy McMahon. He, he's, I'm looking at this quote and he says, the World Wrestling Federation is about fun. It's not about courtrooms. <laughs> what? 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 Oh, well, wrestlers, wrestlers, wrestlers court would tend to disagree. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, so let's... <laughs> so happy birthday to the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, and happy uh, acquitted day. To Happy birthday on your acquittal. Yeah, exactly. Congratulations. So let's move into Fight for the Fallen, and it feels like forever. Gosh, it uh, feels like a year ago that I watched it, this. It does, right? Like, we're going to watch Dynamite again tonight, basically. So it's it's going to be cool, but we got Fight for the Fallen that was a week ago, and we got to tell people how great or how bad it was. Um, so let's let's talk about it, because I, much like my... my uh, Discussion with Kyle from yesterday, uh, where he absolutely despised Extreme Rules, and I know you also did, um, and I liked it. I think we're going to have some disagreements on this one, too. So let's let's talk about Fight for the Fallen. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. We'll get into it. Okay. Uh, we open up the show. Uh, well, we open up the show. They're going over everything that's going to happen. But we really open up the show with the TNT Championship match. We did. Uh, I know last week we were kind of talking about in kayfabe how we didn't think Sunny Kiss really deserved this spot in kayfabe right. uh i think this was a really solid performance by sunny kiss um really really changed my mind of him as a performer uh i thought that he's been a little bit green he's had a lot of experience on dark but uh from what i've seen on dynamite he's just not really quite been there still in kayfabe he doesn't deserve to be in a championship match i i still agree with that but i think as a wrestler this is probably the best performance he's put on however i still don't think it was a good match uh, the whole 
the whole selling of the match or the story of the match is that Cody is not taking Sonny seriously and Cody is overworked. So that's what allows Sonny to get a lot of the offense in that he does. Um, I mean, he got some 450 splashes in. He hit a crossroads. A lot of, a lot of stuff. Um, and at one point, even, Arn Anderson's like, you know, get your stuff together, Cody. What are you doing? You should have this in the bag. You know, what, what, what's going on? Yeah. Um, the entire time, Cody's playing a heel. I say yeah, Cody's playing a heel. Cody is a heel. The entire time, yeah. Cody is a heel. I mean, it even came down to, I mean, you may as well had a big arrow pointing down at Cody that said <laughs> heel because he goes to the turnbuckle and takes the pad off. Yeah. That is not something that good people in wrestling do. Okay. Yeah. Cody is a heel. One day, everyone will agree in harmony. We'll all hold hands and we can say together, Cody is a heel. But for now, there's still people who are like, no, no, he's just playing up the heel for this match because Cody, uh, Sonny's such a face. No, he's a heel. It's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, he he hits Sonny with a vertebraker, which I guess is what it's called. I didn't know what it's called. I've never seen that move before. No, it me is insane. Yeah, very It good. is so much better than the crossroads. He should use that as a finisher. I don't know if he can use it against everybody. Maybe that's the issue. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I couldn't see him putting it on, like, Brian Cage. But, uh I mean, I couldn't see him putting Brian Cage in like a DDT either. So uh, we'll, we'll get to that later. But yeah, he, JR did do a good job of, of trying to control the narrative of this match, saying that Cody was off of his game. Uh, he was executing sloppy pinfalls, stuff like that. But I just, it just, it never clicked with me. I, it really felt like it was just, it was just there. It was just a match. There wasn't really any lead up going into it. Maybe that has something to do with it, but. I just I thought the story was all over the place. I really did, and it just didn't make sense to me. Um, in the end, Cody countered into the crossroads and got the pinfall victory over Sunny Kiss. Again, there wasn't like I couldn't couldn't tell you like of any specific botches or anything. I'm sure there was a few, but it just didn't. I just didn't, it didn't click for me. Okay. What, and oh, we do want to point out that at the end of the match, after it was over, Cody picks Sonny up and gives him a big old hug. Yeah, like a giant heel his arm. Like a, yeah, it. So he just he switches from heel to babyface as soon as the bell rings. Maybe it's like Festus, and when the bell rings, his personality changes. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not gonna say that. Never mind. Yeah. Honey, would you like to? Anything? I know you want you. I have to go on record being on the podcast with Micah that I don't dislike Cody as much as some people do, even though he is an undercover heel. So I'd agree with the heel comments, but I do still, I'm still a mark for Cody. But I, I don't really, what? I don't dislike what? Cody as a person. <laughs> I want to put that out there. Of course. Or a worker. Yeah. Don't Just, be don't uh, be th- don't be don't be throwing shade at me saying I don't like Cody as a person because I know no, Cody's no. listening. I <laughs> didn't say that. I, there's just been a lot of heat lately on Cody on this podcast <laughs> because I haven't been here to defend him. So I'm here <laughs> and I shall defend him, even though he is an undercover heel. Um, he's not even undercover at this point. He's got a badge on everything. Point. I think so. When does the hugging stop? Yeah. Uh, well, he he does it to the good guys basically. He did it to Mark Quinn. He did it to Jungle Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't do it to Ricky, Ricky Starks. So, uh, or obviously Lance Archer. 
I don't know. I, I would have loved it if you would have hugged Lance Archer after yeah. that match. <laughs> come here, come here, buddy. Bring it in, <laughs> man. Bring it in. Over the barrier, that'd be great. Uh, but I did enjoy the match. I enjoyed watching Sunny Kiss wrestle. Uh, we haven't seen him in a long time. Um, so again, it's yeah. These championship matches are strange because they're happening every week. Yeah. And I think we're going to have that throwing people into it that maybe it doesn't make sense that they're they're there for a championship match, but somebody's got to do it because it's happening every week. So, yeah, yeah. but I enjoyed it. I on the AEW scale, I thought this match was mediocre. And if you put this on a WWE show, I think it's going to be the best match on the card mm. many nights. Would it beat um, out Big Show versus Randy Orton? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. And we, mm-hmm. so we just <laughs> like Sunny Kiss is an incredible worker, and I'm not not knocking him. There were a couple spots where he and Cody just did not connect, and there were some issues, and and just maybe it was the way the cameras were, and they didn't re- realize where the cameras were, and like they just wildly miss each other, but they sold it anyway. And again, that's a little nitpicky. I just. This was probably my least favorite by a pretty large margin of Cody's title defenses, and it's nothing against Sonny Kiss. I just, I just, I'm not sure if maybe they didn't work as well together as I wanted them to. Uh, yeah, but I, I didn't care for this. Just to be honest with you, like I didn't dislike it, but AEW just, I feel like you, they just, you know, and this isn't Dynamite either. Yeah, this is fight for the fallen. Yeah, right. they, they put on a show and they have three or four classics every week. Like it's insane. And I just thought this match on the AEW scale was just okay. Speaking of people not working together and being disappointed. Oh, yes. We yes. have a match with two of the best tag teams in professional wrestling. Yeah. In one of the most disappointing matches of all time. I want to point opinion. out, I was so excited for this. So the Lucha Brothers are my favorite tag team in the world. And FTR is my second favorite tag team in the world. Everyone wants FTR versus the Young Bucks. And of course I do too because of the storyline. But this was the match I was excited for. I'm like, oh my gosh, we're going to get this on free TV. This is going to be incredible. And it was not. Yeah, so I will say two of my favorite teams in AEW are actually the Elite and Jurassic Express, right? Yeah. Um, I like Jurassic Express for for what they are. I'm not saying they're the best tag team or anything, but I just really like them. Um, The Elite, I think, are the best workers in AEW, some of. They're, They're fantastic. Yeah. I say that to say this, I was more excited for Lucha Brothers versus FTR. And right. four weeks ago, I didn't give a crap about FTR. I didn't, right. I've never seen them wrestle. I cared nothing about them. Uh, I was really excited for this match because of the, the clash of styles. And just anytime Lucha Brothers are on my TV, it's, it's always been great. But I've never seen two teams that work together less fluidly than these two. I think, I legitimately think there's real heat between the two. Uh, looking at this match, it was ve- it was fought very stiff. Maybe they were going for that. I don't know. Yeah. But there were points when you can, I mean, obviously they got masks on, but you can look at, at Pentagon and Phoenix and their body language and the way they're talking to each other. They're upset. Maybe they're upset because of the botches that were happening early on in the match. Yeah. Um, maybe they were upset for some of the reason. Some of it was their fault, though. I mean, they, it's they true. had that one big screw up where Pentagon was going to help Phoenix with the splash and he basically dropped him and he had to catch him and pick him back up and it just took so long and looked so bad yeah it it there was in the first five minutes of the match i want to say there's three botches and it just wasn't it just wasn't good um towards the end of the match it it started to to form into a match that you would expect between the two yeah but it had already lost so much for me um it was almost like they couldn't save it at that point 
you had a some again FTR recently. We've been seeing like they they're always been uh, what is it, no flips, just fists is their thing. Yeah. No kicks, whatever. Uh, recently, we've we've seen super kicks. Uh, we've seen one or two top rope moves out of them. Yeah. And this week we saw a Tope Suicida. Sure so did. it's interesting to see FTR, the people that don't do flips, they don't do tricks, come into AEW, the place of flips and tricks. And they're kind of like, hey, I guess we got to do this to survive. And this is yeah. me saying this in kayfabe, not the actual wrestlers, but in kayfabe, right. the wrestlers are saying, hey, maybe we have to do that to survive here. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out for them. I think that's a storyline in itself. Yeah, I haven't really seen him point that out, but it's just something I've noticed. Um, Lucha Brothers, they they basically had FTR in the end, in my opinion. Uh, Phoenix had some really good aerial offense, as, of course, as he would. But Dax Harwood, I think it is. Yes. Yeah, Harwood. Still terrible names. The worst name <laughs> in wrestling. Uh, he, he didn't really roll him up. He kind of did an inside cradle. Maybe that's a roll up. On, on Phoenix, and as he's doing it, he yanks off his mask, and that allows FTR to win. So I think, I don't know. So I'm not really a fan of unmasking luchadors. Uh, I didn't like it when they did it with Rey Mysterio the several times they've done it, uh, him being probably my favorite wrestler of all time. Obviously, he signed off on it. Obviously, Phoenix signed off on it. Uh, they, they make these choices themselves. But, and yeah, it builds some heel heat for FTR. I don't know. It's just kind of it's uncool to me to see yeah. somebody unmasked, um, and if they're going to do it, I think maybe it should be like a match stipulation or something like that, uh, right. like they did with Kane. Uh, that was a very uh, prominent part of my childhood. Actually, was seeing Kane get unmasked because that was terrifying. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you see Phoenix get unmasked. You, the camera really doesn't like get a good look at his face or anything, which I think was good. Right. Um, but you kind of just see him. He's 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 covering his face. He uh, that allows him to get the inside cradle. Uh, FTR got the win. This protected Lucha Brothers, yes, but I didn't love the decision. And again, the match was just pretty disappointing. Is there anything right. else you want to say about the match before I go on to what happens after? Uh, yeah, I, I want to point out two things. One is as we're watching it, my beautiful wife says, and you can elaborate this on this if you want to, honey. She said, you know, I just don't really care about these guys. I don't feel like I've connected to them yet. Because you didn't really watch the revival in WWE very much. The, no. The, you know, a little bit, but not very much. Um, and as incredible as Lucha Brothers are. I just haven't connected to their characters. Yeah. So wh why do you think that is? Uh, apathy? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Me uh, not being a good fan? <laughs> yeah. I don't, know. I don't think Lucha Brothers have ever been given promo time, to be fair. That's no. probably what it is. Like, I feel like no. I know who Jurassic Express is. Right. I know who the Elite are. I don't know who the Lucha Brothers are. I really yeah. don't. I know think I've seen them s standing on a ladder in the middle of Daly's Place speaking Spanish. And that's great, but I right. don't speak Spanish, so I yeah. have no idea what's going on and no one translated. <clears throat> so, again, that's great, but I don't know who they are. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a, probably... If if that's your observation and that's true, that's probably what it is for me. Yeah. I need more story time with them. Yeah, I think that's a fair uh, complaint with a lot of AEW stars. Uh, FTR too. The again, they've been given a lot of time on TV lately, but I still don't know who they are. Are they heels? Yes. Are they faces? What's exactly what's going on with them? I'm I'm impressed by their wrestling, but uh -huh. I, I don't know who the characters are. They just are like one week they're jerks, one week they're not. Like, like that, uh, what was her name? That zombie girl? 
Abaddon. Oh, uh, like, I know exactly who she is. She does not <laughs> yeah. need a promo. Yeah. She doesn't need promo time. She doesn't need a mic. I know who she is. I get it. But that's extreme, yeah. right? But most of them, just the wrestling alone is like, okay, cool. I'll see the wrestling. I get it. But I don't, I still, don't, I don't get the character necessarily. So, yeah. yeah. And then my second point that I want to make is Excalibur and, uh, to a lesser extent, the the other announcers, Jim Ross, and I think it was Taz at this point, because uh, Tony Schiavone, who, who did not have COVID, but he did his test did not come back as quick as possible, so unfortunately he wasn't able to be on the show. Um, but Excalibur pointed out that if this would have been done in Mexico, that FTR would have been immediately disqualified. And I've been a wrestling fan for 25 years, and I had never heard of that in my life, ever. So I thought that was a really cool little tidbit that he added. That's something only Excalibur knows. He's so. Right. I mean, you can say what you will about Jr. and Tony. They're some of the best of all time. AEW really benefits from having Excalibur there. Absolutely, they do. Um, yeah. He's. He's. I think he's cemented himself now. He'll never have to work another job for the rest of his life. He'll have a job right. somewhere as a commentator. I mean, he, he before he had uh, his. What was it? Uh, what's the name of his promotion? Uh, it's in L.A. Whatever. Pro Wrestling Gorilla. I think. Yeah, PWG. He had he had that, but now he's. I mean, if if God forbid anything ever happened to AEW, somebody's going to pick him up. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's so good. Um, and he's a real benefit to to AEW. I, I had never known that either. Um, I never seen that mentioned before. I don't think it, it, most people knew that. So, and it makes sense uh, that there would be a DQ in in uh, Luchador wrestling. So, yeah, I thought that was interesting to point out uh, after the match. You have FDR talking trash to the Butcher and the Blade, who still have their truck, right? Uh, I believe, and they turned around and they got a super kick party, courtesy of the Young Bucks. Yep. Uh, the Bucks come out uh, from the little truck area, and Kenny Omega comes out from the backstage, and Kenny Omega comes out with beers. He's got like mm-hmm. six, seven beers. I don't know what is it, six and pack. Kenny Omega famously does not drink. Yeah, he doesn't drink. He doesn't do alcohol. Uh, neither do the Bucks. Because they are Christian, something else, uh, and so so Kenny comes out. He's got his cooler. Kenny doesn't drink. He's he, the whole thing with Hangman is he's never drank with Hangman. Uh, he's he's drank milk. That's his thing. But he's trying to smooth things over. Um, last week on BTE, uh, Hangman and Kenny were talking, and Kenny was like, or Hangman was like, "Hey man, it was kind of kind of a jerk move to to pour out that beer." He's like, "You should have just said no, or, or like given it to me, or something." That's kind of a Kind of a jerk move to, to do that to somebody. It's this little slap in the face. Yeah. And Kenny was like, yeah, but they've been talking bad about it. He's like, no, man, he's just, they're, they're, they're cool, they're cool. So Kenny's like, all right, I'm going to apologize. So this week he apologized, to bring you up to date on BT. Uh, yeah. He apologized on, on, on Fight for the Fallen here. He comes out and uh, he offers beers to FTR. And what did FTR do? They open up the beers and they pour them over Kenny Omega's head. Um, so recently also on BTE, they've been teasing Kenny's return as the cleaner. For those of you that don't know, Kenny, uh, in New Japan, his gimmick was the cleaner and he was a heel, uh, and he's basically, uh, an SNES supervillain is kind of his whole, his whole thing. Uh, as you can probably tell if you've ever seen him cut a promo. So I think it's interesting because this is kind of – we'll lead into other things of the night, but I think this is kind of like the first thing maybe that kind of snapped them a little bit uh, into that cleaner mode. So we'll uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, being okay. humiliated and disrespected on national TV, 
It can can do things to you. Yeah, and the Young Bucks had to pull him back. We should point that out too. Yeah, the Young Bucks did pull him back. So he was he was about to he's about to throw down with FTR. Um, which will hopefully my predictions, I think I may have said this last week, it'll lead to Kenny and Omega uh, Kenny and Omega, Kenny and Hangman versus FTR for the belts. Right. The way they're building it, I think we're going to see Hangman lose the belts for him. Uh, but we will see. They've surprised us before. Right. After that, Chris Jericho has something to say. Yes. And the reason I said that is because that's what the picture right in front of me says. It says Chris that's Jericho. That's exactly what it did. Yep. <laughs> uh, it's kind of weird how they do that. But hey, um, Chris Jericho comes out to the ring and. So there's mixed opinions about this promo. Yeah. He comes out, and I feel like Chris Jericho being the Chris Jericho that he is, he had this 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 phrase pop in his head, and he's like, how can I cut a promo around this? And the phrase was Demo God. Yep. So Jericho comes out, and he starts talking about how – he talks about TV ratings. He gives everybody a rundown on how TV ratings work because we've been in this rating war with NXT, blah, blah, blah. So NXT has been beating AEW in viewers, but AEW has always won in the demo, from what I understand. I think they've always yeah, won every, 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 single, every single episode. I think there's been like one or two quarter hours that NXT has won uh, when Matt Riddle was on NXT because young people love Californians with no shoes on. That's right. Uh, and UFC fighters. Right. I guess. Um so he he runs down how TV ratings work, how demo is more important than viewers, and that's what the ad companies really care about. Um, and he he points out that you know NXT may have beat us in viewers last week, blah blah blah. But I'm the demo god; I always win the demo. Anytime I'm on TV, we win the demo. And it's like yeah, but you win the demo even when like I don't know, like Marco stunt versus luther is on tv so <laughs> you still win the demo it's not really you chris but okay yeah and he rambles on and on and and a lot of people hate on this and i think it's kind of dumb i mean you wouldn't see i don't know you wouldn't see this happening during even the monday night wars i don't think it's just it's a little weird it's a little out of place i think AEW has a problem with alienating casual fans uh and i think this may alienate them even further especially the people who like nxt and AEW. Yeah. Um, it was just kind of... So Chris Jericho's thing is that he is obnoxious, right? Mm-hmm. And that's Correct. what he's going for. So it works in that sense. But I think as a company, it's probably a bad idea to harp on. Yeah. But do you have anything to say about that before we get on the next part? Oh, yes. I figured would you, you like did. To, would you like to do it first? Would uh, you want to... Uh, so I like uh, the the statement that as a, if you like both, you know, that... And as a company standing behind this statement, it's probably not a good idea. So I didn't think of it that way as a more of an AEW fan than WWE fan, but these days. But um, so I just kind of I enjoyed it. Um, I thought it was obnoxious and silly, but it's Jericho. So he sells that. Um, And I'm like, you know, you know, he has a new God gimmick because he needed a new one. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest. They he needed something to replace Le Champion. They, they needed lost, a new one. He lost Le Championship a long time ago. Right. And so, um, so yeah, no, I didn't have a problem with it. But for, coming from that perspective, if you're thinking of it from a, you know, like you said, the casual fan, the company standing, uh, the Wednesday Night Wars, it, it it's probably kind of in poor taste. But I didn't really... 
I didn't take it that way. I was just like, oh, it's Jericho being being Jericho. This is my least favorite thing on a Wednesday night AEW show I've seen, honestly. And wait, I, hold on. It, no, I'm serious. Nightmare Collective. This was bad. This was so bad. And the reason it was so bad is because it's my second favorite wrestler of all time standing up there, rambling on. This genius who we always say turns to gold anything he touches. And this is, and I posted this on Twitter as soon as he said it, this is his new razzle-dazzle. And Jericho (laughs) famously said on Talk is Jericho, he just thought, man, razzle-dazzle, this is my million-dollar idea, and it flopped. Well, Demo God is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. And this AEW, this Dynamite, up to this point, up until the second half of this promo, was the second or third worst Dynamite I have ever seen. And this was a special attraction fight for the Fallen show. Now it's the third special attraction week in a row. But Sunny Kiss versus Cody was mediocre. FTR versus Lucha Brothers was bad. And this was the worst promo I honestly think I've ever seen Chris Jericho cut. I absolutely despised it. I didn't hate it. I despised it. And it's heartbreaking to say because I am I absolutely adore Chris Jericho as a person, as a worker. He's one of my childhood heroes. Or now, I hated him as a kid, but love him now, and I knew him as a kid. I hated every single thing about this stupid, horrible promo that made AEW look bad and made Chris Jericho look bad. And it was just a stupid thing to say. Nobody cares about ratings. People on Twitter... The, the smart people don't care about ratings. We don't want to hear about that. We want to see AEW because we like AEW better than NXT. But we also, honestly, most of us like NXT too. I mean, Keith Lee winning the title, come on. Mm-hmm. That was amazing. So I, I, I hated it. I hated it. I can't stress how much I hated this. It was so bad. I hated, despised, just, oh my gosh. Just, I Are was you getting good stuff. Are you so Kyle's not here, but you, are you giving this segment the future endeavors? <laughs> I watched Extreme Rules and watched Rey Mysterio hold a fake eyeball. <laughs> I saw Braun Strowman drown, and this was the worst thing I saw on wrestling this week. This is the worst thing I've seen on wrestling, I think, this year. I can't stress to you how much I hated this. this I hated year? it so I just I hated it wow. so much. Wow. So much. And I think I wouldn't have hated it as much. If someone else said it, I just hated it because I love Chris Jericho so much. And it was, I think it was such poor taste. And I love the, the Wednesday night war stuff. When Cody took a sledgehammer that to triple H's throne, that was amazing. I love the little jabs WWE. I have no problem with it, but I despise this. It was just so stupid and so just dumb. I just hated it. It felt, it felt so defensive. Yeah, it did. uh, An issue with me. I hated but, it. Hated it. Did you feel the same way about the second half of the the No, the, the second segment? the second half and the second half of the show was incredible. Like this was at about 8:50 when Chris Jericho's cutting this because they announced him to come up in the second hour and he started coming out at 8:47. No, the second half of this <clears throat> promo and the rest of the show was terrific. Was yeah. Spectacular. So freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy comes out to interrupt this crap fest according to Matthew. Yep. Yeah. And he enters through the stands, and he's just staring Jericho and the inner circle down, San Sammy Guevara. Yeah. He's got his hands in his pockets. He looks out, and Jericho continues to talk, continues to berate him, saying how his career's dead, blah, blah, blah. Yep. 
Cassidy raises his hand up like he's going to do his halfway uh, halfway thumbs up thing. But no, instead he pulls a, was it a Batista that did it in Evolution? And yeah. does a thumbs down and out rains orange juice from the rafters. I'm talking thousands of gallons of orange juice. <laughs> nearly drowning Ortiz. Ortiz selling this is the greatest thing I've, like, I've seen this year. Like a fish. Oh my gosh. So, so it's literally like an like half an inch of water or orange juice on the mat, right? And Ortiz can't swim and he's flailing and flopping. It's hilarious. Chris Jericho sold it like a million bucks. Yep. Um he he has a $7,000 jacket on apparently. Bet it yep. wasn't. Um, I'm saying probably not. He knew it was going to ruin. <laughs> he uh, it was a white jacket too, which is a great uh, little detail. Yeah, I think it was great. Um, I, like I told Matthew and Kyle, this reminded me a lot of the blood raining down from the ring in WCW, which yep. Matthew didn't even remember. I don't know how I remembered. I wasn't alive at the point. <laughs> I've seen clips on YouTube. Um, yeah, they they rained blood on Kevin Nash, but the only difference between AEW and WCW is AEW didn't miss. Uh, WCW missed almost every time they tried to pull this kind of stunt. Uh, there were two or three times where Kevin Nash had to like step into the the blood <laughs> rain. It was it's pretty great. Maybe it's a botch of mania. I've seen it on so many times. Maybe. I don't know. But yeah, I thought the second half of this segment was really good. Uh, and I guess they are teasing a Cassidy Jericho rematch. Jericho said like three or four times in the promo, "We'll never wrestle again." Blah blah blah. Which means, yeah. guess what? They're probably gonna wrestle again. Absolutely. Uh, which I think I don't think it's a bad thing. Um, I, I think a lot of people, the people that did care about the ratings were really reactionary, but the fact that Jericho and Cassidy lost, but it was Keith Lee and Adam Cole. That's the right. biggest match of NXT history, probably. Yeah. I mean, in my opinion, it's, it's, it probably is. It, it was, it was the match that combined the two titles. So now Keith yeah. is a double champ. So I love Keith Lee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Basking his glory. Now don't uh, don't, right, yes, don't forget right. though, you're missing the best part about when Chris Jericho asked for a towel. Oh yeah, that's right. So Chris Jericho's freaking out and he's asking for a towel. And was it a stage hand that handed it to him? I didn't even notice who yes. handed it to him. He hands him a towel and he's 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 toweling off. And then the inner circle's like, oh no, no, you, you don't you don't want that. And he's like, What? He's toweling off, he's toweling off. He's like, and Jake Hager's like, no, no, put that down. And in the most like Looney Tunes way possible, <laughs> he holds up the towel. With a giant picture of Orange Cassidy's face and like peeks around the corner, it was so good. It was that so was good. good. That was great. I'm glad you reminded me of that because I had forgotten about that. That was terrific. Was yeah. hilarious. But yeah, I thought the second half of the segment was great. I thought the first sec- half of the segment was bad. I didn't think it was cow poop like Matthew did. So yeah. maybe but- that was why I didn't have a strong impression negative impression of the first half because the second half was so freaking awesome yeah the second half yeah the uh, second half of the whole then, show was great and then he just continues to be grumpy and grouchy for the rest of the yeah he, Cover joins, orange shows. he <laughs> joins commentary and he just complains about it for the next hour like every few minutes he mentions it yeah it's it's great uh, i didn't mention tony shivani's actually not here this week um he was not able to get tested for covid and uh apparently they don't run a sloppy shop which i should probably mention something about that later i'll get into it uh at AEW like some other companies. So uh, Taz filled in for the first half, and then Jericho filled in for the second half. Right. Uh, I'm a big fan of Taz's commentary. Uh, it was a big part of my childhood. Uh, however, Chris Jericho is a big part of my adulthood, and I love him on commentary. He's so good. Uh, him and JR were riffing off each other. It's great. And then you've got Excalibur there being straight man. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, boots. it was really good. 
Uh, still miss Tony Schiavone, though. Tony Schiavone's great. Right. Uh, after that segment, you go backstage with Alex, nope, Alex Marvez. I was going to yeah. say the other guy. Uh, Alex Marvez, he's interviewing the Jurassic Express. Oh, yeah. And, and Marco Stunt is basically pointing and laughing at Jericho. Meanwhile, Jericho's on commentary watching the whole thing. So he's like, he's roasting Marco Stunt and uh, and they just keep keep roasting Jericho. Uh, I think basically Luchasaurus stepped and is like, all right, we need to focus on on the, the task at hand, which is facing the elite and blah, blah, blah. Right. And I don't know, maybe they're... And actually, I, I know the fact for a fact they are because it was announced uh, Jurassic Express versus uh, the Inner Circle. Next oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Next week. So, yeah. so that's what they're building to. Um, but we will get into the match, the Elite versus Jurassic Express for this week. And this match was very good. The match really was good. very, very good. Uh, there was so much that happened in this match. I'm just going to go over the basics. So Kenny Omega gets in with, with Marco Stunt. They didn't start out the match, but this is basically where the real match started. The story started in the match for me. Yeah. Omega comes in. He's still got his T-shirt on. He's changed shirts now because the earlier shirt got ruined, of course. Uh, he was not covered in orange juice. He's covered in beer, which has to be worse. Yeah. Has to be. Never never had it happen, but it has to be worse. Uh, he's not whining about it, Chris Jericho. Come on, be a man. Uh, he So he's got his new shirt on now, which and my wife was like, that's weird. Why does Kenny Omega have a shirt on? Probably because she wants to see Kenny Omega shirtless. But... <laughs> So he he did a thing in Japan. Do you know the answer to that question? Because I do. I, I don't. I so don't. he did a thing in Japan where when he wrestled people that he didn't take seriously, he wouldn't take off his shirt. So okay. He would just beat them and not take off his shirt. Or if they actually challenged him, he would take off his shirt to get serious. Okay. So Kenny is in the ring with Marco Stunt. He's got his shirt on, which is pointing out the fact he doesn't take Marco Stunt serious because he's four foot eleven. Correct. Um. You know, it makes sense. I wouldn't take him entirely seriously in a fight either. Right. Got to keep your eye on Luchasaurus over there, though, because he's a monster. Yes. So, <laughs> Marco Stunt actually got a lot of offense on Kenny Omega. And a lot of people were like, that's not realistic. I don't like it. I, it's not cool. Were you watching the same show I was? Because this right. was great. The storytelling was really good. Fantastic. Kenny Omega ends up tearing his shirt off, going crazy on, on Marco, hitting him with snapdragons, which looked like they were murdering the poor child. Yep. I mean, I say child, he's older than I am, but the poor child. And basically, Jurassic Express, they got back in control. Uh, and you you switch to backstage, and you have Hangman Page sitting at the bar, as he does. And... Who joins Hangman Page at the bar but FTR? So now you've got Hangman Page and FTR drinking backstage. I guess uh, Hangman doesn't care about the fact they doused uh, Kenny, uh, which actually on this week's BTE, to give you a little insight on that, uh, Hangman basically told him, like, no, that's just how our, us Carolina boys are, you know, you know, an eye for an eye. You know, you disrespected them last week. They disrespect you this week. You're even now. You're good. You're good. Um, which Kenny didn't take very kindly to. Right. Uh, that was a whole segment. It was a really good segment. You should watch BT. Okay. Uh, the the elite gain control. Omega's wiping the floor with everybody. Uh, basically, all I care about is the fact that the Jurassic Express is outside. I think maybe they're all outside. And then I think Nick Jackson's in the ring. Luchasaurus has Jungle Boy on his shoulders. And I believe Matt or Kenny were on the ground. Marco Stunt climbs 
on top of one of the elite onto Jungle Boy's shoulder. So you know, not uh, he didn't jump onto Jungle Boy's shoulder. He jumps over Jungle Boy basically. Yes. And hits, I think it was either Matt or Nick, it was with Matt. a three-story Canadian destroyer. Yep. Matt's the same guy that took that crazy one from I believe it was Phoenix the week before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was insane. People, you know, people give Marco Stunt a lot of hate for being a little guy. I, I jest at him. He's fantastic. And he's maybe one of the only people that could perform a move like this. Uh, than right. maybe like Ray Phoenix. So I I have no issue with Marco Stunt. I love the pairing of Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, and Jungle Boy. Uh, it, it's because it allows for stuff like this. Fantastic. Right. This is stuff you only get in AEW. You can you can say that other promotions are great, and they are. I I I, I don't watch NXT because I don't have time to watch NXT. Right. But I enjoy NXT, and I think so. A lot of times they have better actual technical wrestling than AEW does. Often, AEW yeah. is the flippy kind of wrestling, but if you want yeah. old school style wrestling, NXT does it better. You're not getting this in NXT. You're not getting this in Impact. You're not getting this on Raw or SmackDown. Right. This is why people watch AEW. And I think this is a lot of reason that the demo tends younger as well. Um, because this is basically like, it's like a stunt match. And I say that, his name's Marco Stunt. I, pun not intended. But it's, it's a Cirque du Soleil match, basically. Yeah, it's like Cirque du Soleil. You're watching a spectacle. And you also have this beautiful story woven into it with Kenny Omega. Because Kenny Omega regains control. He's hitting Luchasaurus with V-Triggers. Uh, he's hitting Stunt with V-Triggers. Luchasaurus is protecting Marco Stunt from Kenny Omega. And at one point, uh, Kenny Omega gets Marco Stunt up for the one-winged angel. He kills him. One, two, three. The match is over. The bell rings. And a very upset Kenny Omega... He mounts Marco Stunt and just starts delivering right hands and is just destroying him. He's killing the poor child. The Bucks intervene. They're freaking out. Kenny lowers himself into the corner. He's talking to himself. He's grinning. He's smiling. Folks, I believe the cleaner has arrived in AEW. Possible, yeah. I believe it's happened. I love this match. It was great. What did you guys think? I think it was the beer they poured on him earlier. He made got drunk. It, like, uh, made him crazy. it was the alcohol. That's why he doesn't drink because he comes to It's the alcohols. Makes him uh, the cleaner. This is this the best match of the night by far. Like, And you already covered it. I'm not going to go more into it. But uh, this, after the Orange Cassidy segment, moving straight into this, really began to redeem this uh, show that the first half was a little less than mediocre. Yeah. Uh, are you sure that it's better than the Nightmare Sisters versus Two Jobbers? You know, obviously, yes, but that match was not bad. They didn't, like, screw up or anything. It was just fine. It wasn't. It it, it kind of felt like to me, it's like, hey, we got to have a women's match for this night. We only have, like, six on our roster right now. Right. So this is what happened. Um, she had, night- had a chat with Ma- uh, Marvez before that, though. And she, ba- she basically she did, had it was a really good. It was a really good promo. She, she issued In English. Challenge. She did a great In job. English, no subtitles, which is great. Uh, she did a really good job. I'm I'm proud of you, Sheeta. Keep up yeah, the good Mox, work. Mox also cut a promo after that. Not in Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> it was no. not in Japanese. It was a very no. good promo. Uh, he did point out in that promo that uh, what basically what really comes into play is Brian Cage's bicep is screwed up. Uh, Taz has said I can't put him into my finisher because he's too big. So I'm just going to rip off his bicep. 
It's basically it was what so good. It, it made really Mox good. look like a freaking superstar too. It did. He's standing there with his glasses on. He's got the championship. And not only that, I this this upcoming main event match really suffered from no build uh, because of Mox's and, and things outside of their control. Mox hasn't been able to be in there for the past two weeks. Um, so I think this promo was very good to put in there. Uh, it explained what's going to happen later. Right. Uh, before I get too much into that, I want to go over the squash match. The Nightmare Sisters win. They beat two jobbers. That's not really what matters. After the match, Dasha Gonzalez introduces former women's champion Nyla Rose. Yes. And she is here to announce her new manager. And if you remember last week, we had a few guesses. Uh-huh. I had a guess. I was right. Me. I, I said... That if it's this person, I don't understand why. And it is Vicky Guerrero. That's correct. Nyla Rose Excuse and me. Vicky Guerrero. Excuse me. It's actually it's actually more like no, I'm just kidding, I'm not gonna do it. I'm just <laughs> I'm scare people that are listening on their way to work. Um, no, it it's it's an interesting choice. Uh, Nyla and Vicky get along really well in real life, apparently. they they've developed a really close relationship. Uh, based on Nyla's AEW Unrestricted interview, but I just, I don't get it. Yeah. I really don't. Um, I think Vicky may have been better suited with somebody else because Nyla can cut a great promo. That's one of her strong suits, in my opinion. She's very funny, uh, and she can be very intimidating. But, yeah, they've got Vicky with her. I'm glad to see Vicky in AEW. Uh, I'm glad to see a Guerrero in AEW keeping that legacy alive. And it, it's crazy to meet... When when you see Vicky Guerrero now, you don't see Eddie's wife. You see someone who's spent 15 years in the business and developed something for herself. She's a great manager. She's mm-hmm. a great heel. I just don't understand the pairing with Nyla Rose. We'll see where that goes. But, yeah, glad to see Vicky Guerrero there. Um, glad to see them putting her over as well. Hopefully she will be very happy in her position there. So we will uh, we'll see how that goes. Were you, were you yeah. excited to see it, Matthew? Um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same build with you. Like, I am so happy to see Vicky. She's one of the nicest people in the world in real life. Um, she's a horrible person in kayfabe, but uh, in real life she's an amazing person. I'm glad she's got a really great place to work. Um, this is one of those things where I'm not really excited for it, but I'm willing to let them show me that it's going to be good. Yeah. I'm so. excited. I'm here for it. Let's <laughs> also, her thing I do. Her theme song is one of the best. It's the best. It's you know, like so the best, good. The best friend theme is like, but, 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 best friends. Hers is like, excuse me. It's like this. I guess it's probably the same guy that made it. It's excuse me, but dubstep. And it's perfect for Vicky Guerrero. I'm excited. I just like her. I'm glad to see it. Something's happening. Like you said, I don't know if this is the right fit, but we'll find out. Yeah. And if, and if not, I'm sure there's plenty of other people on the roster that could benefit from Vicky Guerrero. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And after that, we have the main event of the evening. Brian Cage, the FTW champion, versus John Moxley, the AEW champion. Yep. Um, this was supposed to be a title versus title match, from what I heard. But uh, I also heard that, but they just dropped it randomly. It It's not. Very from, WWE of them. From mm. What we'll see. Uh... I don't know. Like, so this match, in my opinion, 
was good. The match itself was good. There was a lot of good ring psychology. I thought that was a pretty good story told throughout. It was no DQ, as happens in AEW. Um, Moxley's just working over Brian Cage's arm. Uh, Cage was kind of iffy for me in this match. Um, he, I don't know. So I've heard like some great things about Brian Cage. Like, oh, he's a big guy that could do things you wouldn't expect big guys to do. But he just played a big guy in this match to me. Um, well, no, he, he did a couple things. Um, but just, yeah, okay. He didn't like, he wasn't Kenny Omega. You just saw uh, the Elite versus... Jurassic Express, so you can't really compare him to that. He can't do that kind of stuff, but he played the the role that he needed to in this match. I didn't, I didn't have a problem with it. Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. It's just I expected more from him in this match, um, which maybe there's not a whole lot they could prepare for. I don't know. There's a lot of things that working against this match, to be honest. Um, but basically, Moxley works over his arm the entire time. Uh, he gets onto, what do they call it, the barricade? Yeah. He puts his arm, like, through the rail and is, like, wrenching it backwards. It looked awful. There's no way that didn't actually hurt Brian Cage a heck of a lot while he's doing this. Um, it looks like he's just going to break his arm right off. He's working over the bicep. JR is doing a great job in this uh, final match of basically putting over the fact that, you know, at one point... Uh, uh, Moxley's on top of on top of Cage. He's got him in an arm bar. And JR is like, what are you doing to the man? This is his livelihood. You could put him out of work for six months or five months, which I thought was really good to point out. You know, he's he's gonna put him out of work. He's gonna put him out of work, which I think kind of built built up to the finish, which we'll get to. Yeah. Uh we get to it right now, actually. So Moxley has Cage again in a Kimura arm bar. And he's trying to force a submission. Brian Cage is not tapping. He held him for like a minute. He's not tapping. He's not getting to the ropes at this point. He's a very large man. He's not weaseling his way to the ropes. Moxley has got him, right? He's not tapping. Moxley's working on his arm. JR is like, all right, he's got to tap. He's got to tap. He's going to tear his bicep. He can't afford to be off work for five months. Taz is outside the ring. He's slamming. He's, He's freaking out. He doesn't know what he's doing. And he throws in the towel. And commentary puts this over as that he's preserving Brian Cage's health. Not only that, preserving his own monetary uh, gains, I guess, because he doesn't want to see Brian Cage get injured because he is his meal ticket. I don't love this ending, but I don't know what other way they could have done that would have been better. Do Do you feel the same way? Would you like to add anything? Okay. Uh, I love this match. I thought it was absolutely exceptional. I love Mox's matches. The more he wrestles, the more he really hooks me. Um, I loved him at first, and then I kind of thought he was kind of tapering off. But I thought this match was great. It was very classic. There were some cool hardcore spots. It was good for Mox. Um, I I love the fact that he was continually working the arm, and there was nothing Brian Cage could do about it. Like, he even hit him with the, the paradigm shift, but couldn't, like, he just didn't get all of it, and uh, which is what Taz said. So uh, he put him in a couple different arm bars, and at one point, he, like, turned around and flicked Taz off, and Taz was screaming and yelling at him. And the announcers, I can't say how significantly better the AEW announcers are than any of the WWE ones, 
Because instead of giving us a line over and over and over, they know how to sell the product. And so they're going, and you, you did mention this, but they they sold for like 45 to 60 seconds. He has to tap. He, he was just out for five months. He can't afford to be out five more months. He has to do it. And he wouldn't because Brian Cage is a freaking machine. So Taz the, the is in form. Yeah, the machine. <laughs> I I love the ending. I loved everything about this. I I love this match. I love this. I love beginning to end, everything that happened, the stuff following the match. Um, I could really do without the lights going out because that's getting old. But yeah, I I loved this match. Like I liked it a lot. I I thought the match was good. I did. Um, yeah. I just think it suffered from not as much build up as it could have had if Mox were out. Fair. Yeah. Um, and not only that, I just I don't know. Like part of me feels like Brian Cage had to win. Like he had to win. But also, Mox is the draw. He's yeah. AEW's biggest draw. They're not taking the title off of him right now. He, If you look at the demos, like we were talking earlier, you look at the viewers, people watch Moxley. If he's there, viewers go up, demos go up, they watch his right. segment. He is their biggest draw, even over Chris Jericho, I would say. I think uh, he and Jericho, and I don't want to misspeak, but I think they're the only two that consistently make ratings go up just when their segment starts, every single time. Yeah, it's very possible. Um, yeah. I, I know Moxley for a fact. I don't know about Jericho. Uh, probably. I mean, of course, he's Jericho. But uh, I think Moxley, he's somebody that's in his prime. And he's somebody that – he's not somebody that WWE released and then uh, AEW picked up. He's somebody that chose AEW over WWE. Correct. He had the option. He left WWE to and then went to AEW. He had the choice. I think that's important. But, yeah um, – I, th- I think the match was good, and again, I don't, I don't dislike the ending. It's just, I don't know. I just don't like false finishes. Yeah, that much. Well, I guess it's not a false finish. What is it? A screwy finish? What they call it? Yeah. Uh, but again, I think I don't think Moxley needed to pin Cage. I don't think that Cage needs to hold the title. So if you're gonna book the match, this is probably the best way to do it. It wasn't overbooked by any means, like uh, some other champions' matches. Uh, but it was, it was okay. It was, I, I would say it's more than, it was good. It was good. But after the match, like you said, the, the, the lights went off and I'm thinking, okay, lights went off. Uh, we're going to be building up to Moxley's next competitor. Uh, maybe somebody surprised coming in from the Indies, maybe something like that. Every time the lights go off, I expect big. And while, yeah, this is a big return, I guess he's only been out for like three weeks. Uh, Darby Allen returns and he Blast Brian Cage in the throat with a skateboard, which is cool. It's cool. I like the friendship. When I say friendship, the, the partnership between Darby Allen and, and Moxley. Mutual respect. Mutual respect. Yeah, they don't really get along. They're not teammates. They're not friends. But, you know, they they, they do respect each other. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. There was a, a big pop from the arena. Yep. Uh, for Darby Allen, I'm sure there's a big pop at home for a lot of people. Uh, I saw it was Darby Allen. I like Darby Allen. I really do. But again, if the lights are going to go out, it better be something really cool. Uh, like I'm talking a new person coming in that everybody knows, not like the Butcher and the Blade, right? Uh, like they may have done before. But yeah, Darby Allen's back. I guess they're building to Brian Cage versus Darby Allen. Uh, I would even like Darby Allen versus Moxley versus Cage. That would be a cool triple threat. 
Uh, maybe they're building that. I don't know. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. I think that would be really good. I thought the pay-per-view was – oh, I got to say, the pay-per-view went out. So you got Darby Allen and, and Moxley standing there, and you think, oh, it's going to go out here. No, the pay-per-view goes out on the highest note of the show, and that is Jericho screaming, I'm covered in orange juice, and then JR going, you stink. <laughs> and, yes. and then yes. the show ends. That was Carol, it. Carol and I might have closed a show the other day with that. Mm-hmm. It was Did great. you? I, it was the Extreme Rules preview, I think. Yeah, we should have saved it for this one, but yeah. I was very enthusiastic. It was <laughs> so good. It but was yeah. so good. It was the best bit of the night. I stink. <laughs> like I think the second half of this show probably would have gotten an A minus. Uh, first half of the show probably gets a C plus, maybe a C. Maybe so, a. Yeah. No, it's not quite enough. Uh, so overall, I don't know. I guess the show gets a B. I think it's a fair grade for the show. The Jurassic Express versus the Elite was very good. Moxie versus Cage was good. Um, the rest of it was there. So I give it a B. What do you think, B-dubs? Mm, B plus. B plus? Yes. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give this show a C. Uh, and then again, that is on the AEW scale. If this was a WWE show, it would very likely get a higher grade. Uh, but I thought the first 50 minutes of this show was absolute hot garbage. Uh, but then it turned and everything, even the Nightmare Sisters, like when they came out, I, I might have rolled my eyes a little bit. But you know what? It was short. There were no botches. And it told story. It, it's fine. Just fine. No issues. So I think the show as a whole gets a C, even though I very much enjoyed the second half of the show. Because uh, as a whole, the show was average. It had good crap and bad crap. It just so happened that the first half of the show was crap and the second half of the show was very good. Instead of being a WWE show where everything is interspersed in crap and non-crap. So it's true. Yeah. So let's, uh, let's take a short break. And then let's come back and we're going to review some Monday Night Raw. And Carol and I, like I said, literally just watched it. So uh, hopefully we can actually remember everything. I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) Uh, Talk to you all later. Hope you have a good rest of your show. (laughs) We'll be right back. This is the Wave Maker, Kyle Boone. And this is Shiloh. And And you're you're listening listening to Wrestle Life Life Radio. Because you're smart and cool. Well, thank you, Shiloh and the Wave Maker, Kyle Boone. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back. And this is part two of this episode where we talk about WWE Raw. Now, spoiler alert, there's nothing as bad on this show as Chris Jericho's Demo God promo. But there's nothing as good on this show as that six-man tag. So let's see how it stacks up. The show opens with Seth Rollins. And I'm just going to move on from there. Basically. <laughs> the show opens with Seth Rollins, and it gets better. It gets better. <laughs> Seth Rollins Hang cuts a promo. He blames the fans for what he did to Rey Mysterio because they turned him evil. Aleister Black's having none of it. He comes out. Buddy Murphy, not your little Buddy Murphy, attempts to attack Aleister Black. Aleister absolutely murders the guy. Uh, he goes in to attack Seth, but uh, Murphy trips him, and they two-on-one. We go to commercial, come back, and the match happens. The match is very good. Very, very good. Um, Alistair Black is having to fight off Seth's little buddy Murphy the entire time. And then, of course, Seth Rollins gets the win. But what really matters is this match had such good storytelling because they worked on uh, Murphy and Rollins worked on Alistair's arm the entire time. 
And so after the match, they basically just destroyed him. Like they just did everything they could to break his arm. They slammed it on the table. They slammed it against other things, the ring post. They stomped on it. Like they, they're going to have an arm for an arm match now, I guess. Um, or what I like to call an expensive match because what does an ex- what is what is expensive? What does that cost you? An arm and a leg. But um. <laughs> ah, ah. Ah. But no, it was it was really good. Uh, Seth Rollins obviously is a great worker, uh, even though he's a terrible human being. He's a great worker, and uh, Alistair Black is incredible. Buddy Murphy's awesome. This whole segment was other than the too long promo because Raw always opens up with a long promo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was good. I enjoyed it. Are you still like? Is it just a bit, or do you still dislike Seth Rollins, even the new character? Uh, I like him more now because his he was he might have been the worst top babyface I've ever seen, and I, I I don't say that in like hyperbole. I, I agree. I mean, it, was, it was bad. It was bad. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, this this character is getting old. I think I would like it more if, and I think we talked about this a week or two ago. I think I would like it more if he started recruiting a bunch of people. And yeah. he's not doing that. If he's going to have a cult, he's got to have a cult. And he's on, like, every show for a very long time. So he's kind of yeah. frustrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, we have a limited roster right now, so it's hard to recruit people. Right, yeah. right. But, yeah. Yeah. I, I dislike him less than I used to. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. No, it's not, it's partially just a bit. No, I joke around a lot, but, uh, no, I, I don't particularly like him. If I were to name my top 15 wrestlers in WWE, he wouldn't be in the list. That's fair. So I was, I was curious. I didn't know if you. I didn't know if you actually disliked this current character. I think it's much better than what it was. Still not my favorite. Yeah, sacrilegious, but you know, whatever. Yeah. 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 Um, and his music's bad. So his music is awful. His music and Bailey's are like the same. Music. <laughs> I know Bailey's music hits, and I'm like, why is Seth coming back out? Like it, yeah. it uh, confused me there. So we go. We have a prom. We have a video package for MVP. Uh, declaring, if you listen to our Extreme Rules episode, you know that MVP declared himself the U.S. champion. I declare U.S. champion. <laughs> you can't just say it. You have to... Someone please make that a gift, please. Uh, so him and Lashley are backstage, and they're talking to Ron Simmons. And Ron Simmons actually speaks. He says more than the one word that was on his T-shirt. And he's like, I just wanted to let you guys know, Simmons to MVP and Lashley, there are better ways to get this done. And they kind of fist bump. Simmons walks away, and MVP turns to Lashley and says, "We'll have to talk about that later," which is cool. The rumor is they're going to be bringing back the Nation of Domination. If they do that in this environment, they better be baby faces, and they're not going to be. And they better do it right. Yeah, that's not something you need to screw around with, Vince McMahon. You yeah. old, old white man. <laughs> not a great idea to screw around with that right now. So, honey, do you know what the Nation of Domination is? I don't, but I get the idea. So you have to hope the MVP is a smart enough guy to be like, hey, Vince, let's do this right. So basically it was The Rock, Mark Henry, uh, Ron Simmons, and some other guys. And uh, they thought that the black wrestlers weren't treated as well as the other wrestlers. It wasn't just black wrestlers. There were Hispanics in the group as well. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And two white guys. Two white guys, if I remember correctly. So... They were heels, of course, because how dare you? So to Generation X, the baby faces come out in blackface and make fun of them. That's a real thing that happened. Now, this is the 90s. Does it make it okay? No. 
But if it, were, ago. <laughs> if it were to happen today, mm. uh, I'm surprised people haven't really complained about that. I think it was Sean Waltman was imitating Mark Henry. And I just, I just, yeah, we're not going to talk about that. We're going to move right on past that. But uh, I, all I'm saying is if it happens today, you got to be real careful, like exceptionally careful, especially since it's really well known that Vince McMahon is a, is a very hardcore conservative. His wife was on Trump's cabinet, like, be careful, guys. Anyway, uh, after that, he's like, he, they turn and they see R-Truth and MVP's like, hey, man, I'm glad you showed up. And R-Truth comes and he's holding a giant frying pan because <laughs> R-Truth is just the best. Yes. He's just the best. And MVP's like, no, man, you got you got to worry about nothing. We're, we're here to help you out. And uh, R-Truth says, that's a nice, you know, replica U.S. championship belt you got there. And he's like, no, it's, this is the real thing. I'm the champion. And our truth goes, no, I don't, I don't think so. Apollo Cruz has got the real belt, and they argue for a bit. And he says, "Hey, I want you to come to the ring with us." And our truth goes, he says, "No." He, uh, MVP says, "I want the twenty four seven champion to accompany us to the ring." And he's like, "I don't, I don't think so. I don't really want to get put in that, you know, that lock again. That hurts, you know." He said, "The Nelson from The Simpsons." Yes, that's what he said. Yes, yes. that's so good. And so. Uh, MVP's like, no, I don't, I don't mean you. I want the new 24-7 champion. And then Shelton Benjamin rolls up R-Truth. I think he I think he actually hit Yeah, he hit him and laid him out. Pinned him one, two, three. And the three of them walk away. And Shelton Benjamin is now part of MVP Stable. And this is great because Shelton Benjamin is incredible and hasn't been able to do anything. Yeah, I'm just glad to see him on TV. Yeah, same. He's real good. He's good. And it, it's it's hard because Shelton Benjamin's so good, but he just hasn't been around. So are people going to take him seriously? We'll see. So we come back. The three of them go to the ring. They cut a promo, uh, basically putting themselves over. They have a new, what is the name? Something business? The Hurt Business. The Hurt Business. Is the name of their stable now? They're in the business of hurt. <laughs> I... What do you think of the name? We talked about it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we before. did. Because if you're from if you're from North Florida, you know that one law firm that's like, you hurt, we fight. So yeah. I think it's a reverse. It's like we fight, you hurt. <laughs> yeah. I it's I, fine. It's it's Yeah. I think fine's a good way for it. What fine. do you think, Micah? Um, I'm curious if they're getting Jack Swagger in there since he is the big hurt. The big hurt, yeah. <laughs> um we'll see. See if he's making his return. That'd be fine. Yeah. He can he can that's go back fine. to WWE. <laughs> so Cedric Alexander and Ricochet come out. Uh, Cedric Alexander is actually pretty good on the mic. Ricochet is not, but he's not terrible. And so they're out there, and MVP says, "Hey, you guys can pick any two of us you want to wrestle, and we'll wrestle you tonight, two on two." And they're like, "Actually, we we have a buddy that wants to join us, and it's the returning to WWE, Mustafa Ali, because he can't be the hacker because it was too obvious." They're just going to switch brands and drop the hacker promo. Well, the hacker is not a thing anymore. It's just gone. Just gone. Just gone. Uh-huh. Like, that was super interesting. Speaking of Shelton Benjamin, remember when he would stare in the camera and not say anything? Uh-huh. <laughs> and where was Lana? Is that done? Did I miss that? Uh, as far as I know, Lana's just gone. It's just gone. So they just dropped things. They're just like, we're done with that. So Lana, just pretend that didn't Lana was doing the thing with Natalia. And, Itali- and uh, Tyson Kidd, or TJ Wilson is his real name, uh, t- he came in to get tested and he felt under the weather, so he tested negative, but they sent both of them home. 
And Lana's storyline is with Natalia, so I think that's why she's. I think that's the real reason she's gone. So speaking of Mustafa Ali, yeah. has been ready for COVID since way before all y'all. Yeah, because he's right. been gone for a while. No, oh, he's no. got the mask. Yeah, the mask. the mask. Yeah, good job, Carrie. Yeah, they actually sell a Mustafa Ali mask, and it's pretty great. That's great. Uh, so this match was, of course, great because look at the competitors. It was really good. Was it better than Jurassic Express versus the Elite? No, but it was really good. Uh, and the short version is Mustafa Ali gets the pinfall on MVP. I do want to point out one specific spot where Ricochet went through for a, I believe it was a suicide dive. Uh, Bobby Lashley caught him by the throat. Cedric Alexander goes for a suicide dive. Bobby Lashley catches him by the throat. Mustafa Ali does a suicide dive and hits him in the chest, knocks him back onto the announce table. This looked insane. Unlike Seth Rollins, who does not know how to do a suicide dive, Mustafa Ali torpedoed himself outside of this ring mm-hmm. and could have died. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did. He just slammed into Bobby Lashley, and luckily he didn't fall directly on his face and break his neck. It looked so good. And then Ricochet takes out Shelton Benjamin, who I just assumed was going to take the pinfall. Uh, but no, your self-proclaimed U.S. champion was the one that took the pin from the newly returned... Mustafa Ali. I will say that spot where Lashley has them both in the chokehold, yeah. and then Mustafa Ali does the suicide dive, that's how you do a spot where you're holding guys together to catch somebody. Right. That's how you do it well. You do it convincingly. You don't just stand around and watch the guy hit you. Mm-hmm. He was angry at the two guys he was holding. He was paying attention to them, and he just got clocked out in, out of nowhere. And yeah. that's great. I, uh, yeah. I really like that spot. It was really well done. Really well done. Do you want to add anything? What What did you think about Mustafa Ali returning? You like him, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That was good. So, mm-hmm. um, it's always exciting to see him, even though, you know, WWE, they're not going to, he's going to be jobbing in two weeks. Let's, let's be real, guys. Yeah. Let's be real. Yeah. Uh, so, we get a unsanctioned Randy Orton versus uh, Big Show hype, like, package. Randy Orton cuts a Pretty solid promo that, again, I'm not going to go deep into. But as I've said before, when Randy Orton is on it, he is really on it. And his promos are always exceptional. And you can say what you want about him working slow, uh, which I don't have a problem with most of the time. But his promos have always been exceptional. And uh, I think they're really lucky to still have the guy. Absolutely incredible. We come back from break, and Ron Simmons is still giving opinions uh, and advice to tag teams. And uh, he's back there with the Viking Raiders. And he's talking to them. And, of course, you can't hear what he's saying. So the announcers have a promo with Christian. Now I'm just going to skip past it. Like It was just, I hated this. And they're talking to him, and they're like, hey, man, how you doing? He basically is like, I'm really hurting, guys. This sucks. That was it. That's basically it. And I love Christian. I understand that he's no longer a big star. Uh, arguably never was, but it doesn't matter. He's really good. Um, and it just, it just made him look like a dweeb. I just, I didn't like it. And it didn't really do anything for Randy Orton either. He was just like, yeah, man, that was, I'm still in pain, honestly. Like, it really hurts. I'm like, all right, well, why are we doing this? This is stupid. Uh, you like this next segment. Mm-hmm. Would you like to tell us about it? No. No? Okay. Well, you can give your feedback on it. How about that? Okay. So Sarah's back there, and she's talking to Bianca Belair. And uh, Bianca cuts a pretty stinking good promo. And then Peyton Royce comes up with a lip ring, which is weird, because he's wrestling against Ruby Riot. So, like, 
And Ruby Rat's got the punk thing going on. I think uh, anybody wrestling in any sort of sort of ring is a bad uh, idea. A yeah. lip ring, an eyebrow ring, a tongue Scary. ring, all yeah. bad. Maybe you should keep the metal objects out of your face. While Agreed. You're because it's gonna something's gonna happen. Mm. Yeah, I want to see it. So basically, Peyton Royce comes up and she's yelling at Bianca Belair. Um, Bianca says, "Hey, where's your friend?" And she's like. She's, you know, in the land of none of your beeswax. And Ruby Riot comes up. Actually, Peyton tells Sarah, just go. And Bianca's like, wait a minute, I was, I was in the middle of a promo. Like, it, this is my time. This is my interview time. And it was really well done uh, because Bianca's very great at this. Ruby Riot comes up and is yelling at Peyton. And Peyton says, says something about Bianca doesn't care about you and she'll leave you just like your friend Liv Morgan. Uh, Bianca, or Ruby, of course, is very upset by this, but Bianca kind of holds her back, and she's like, it's all right, we'll take this to the ring, and you can really show her. And she's, like, pushing her away, and Bianca's terrific. Like, of the three girls here, Ruby and Peyton are also really good, but they were the two in the match, and in my opinion, Bianca was the one that shined in this promo. Mm -hmm. Uh, I I think that she could be a legitimate future superstar, and I've said before that I think the women's division has two or three superstars in the entire company. I think they have a ton of stars and a ton of amazing workers. I think they have two or three superstars in Becky, Charlotte, and Asuka. And uh, I think Bianca Belair could be one of those. I really do. She's so good. She's an amazing worker. She's a great promo. And... Uh, I really like her. And I know you like this. Would you like to add anything to that? Yeah, I just liked it. We watched it, and I was like, that was really good. Yeah. All three of them did a good job. Yeah. I think a lot of these promos lately, somebody in the shot is either just sort of wooden. Right. Or, I don't know, like, or they're just they're just not on it. And they right. were just all on it. They were all very present in the moment, and it just felt, it looked real. Yeah. It looked real. It sounded real. It was good. I enjoyed it. There was, I didn't feel like, okay, let's be done with this. Right. Like, oh, like I on. often do yeah. these days. I don't know. Yeah. No, I completely understand. Yeah. I completely agree. I think it was done really well. Uh, Peyton and Ruby Wright had a pretty decent match. Ruby got her first singles win on television mm. since February of last year. So, yeah. Uh, Ruby Wright gets a win. She was very tearful, which I thought was a little strange. Strange. I don't know if it was a character choice or if she was just happy to finally get a win on TV. And I'm, I'm not even being mean. Like, I think that might be legitimately why she became emotional. Um, so, yeah, basically the entire match, Peyton was telling her that Liv will never come back to her. Liv doesn't trust her. Liv hates her. And, uh, of course, this fueled Ruby Riot, who beat Peyton Royce. That's all there was to it. Easy peasy. So, Zelina Vega, Angel Garza, and Andrade are backstage. And Charlie Caruso comes up and she's like, hi, Angel, because of course she does. And she asks him with the issues that he and Andrade have had recently, what what makes them think that they can, you know, uh, uh, act as a unit against the Street Profits. And as he's going to answer, Zelina goes, no, 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 no. And he's like, no. And then he looks like a little puppy dog. He's like, okay. And then, of course, Zelina starts to talk, but before she can even really say anything, the Street Profits come out of nowhere and attack them. And I said, aren't they the good guys? You did. Absolutely. Uh, Which was a fair assessment. 
Well, so here's the thing. It's not like the Street Profits and Garza and Andrade have this big history. Mm-mm. They don't. No. If Andrade and Angel Garza, if the heels constantly attack the baby faces and then the baby face comes back and gets one up, fine. Sure. But WWE has had a lot of good guys randomly attacking bad guys lately. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really stupid. Yep. It was pretty bad. Pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, so they destroy them. And the Street Profits are like, yeah, we'll see you in the ring. And Angel Garza is like smirking, like he's the good guy. Like, yeah, you got one up on me now, but I'm fixing to come out there and destroy you. Uh, but no. So the Street Profits wrestle Garza and Andrade. And Montez Ford basically touches the ceiling with his frog splash to end this match. And the match was great. Montez Ford is, I, I, I believe I said during the show, he has that fresh prince charisma. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he also turned mid-air during that frog splash, yeah. which is crazy. Yeah. I don't know how that even works. No. He's so good. He's so good. And he probably, like, not exaggerating, he probably jumped a couple feet in the air off the top turnbuckle. It's just terrific. Um, he pinned, I think it was Garza. Yeah, it was Garza. And yeah, so the match is over, and the Street Profits stand tall. So we get highlights from all the women's matches at Extreme Rules. What really matters is that was the break that had Angel Garza, Andrade backstage, and they're both talking like they're buddies, like there's no animosity. And then Zelina Vega, like a mom, comes up and starts yelling at them. And she's like, look, as usual, I get you guys an opportunity and you screw it up, and now I have to go and I have to fix this with management. And they go, no, 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 don't worry about it. Like, we're, we're on the same page. And I'm thinking, well, she didn't say you weren't on the same page, but that's fine. And uh, they're like, no, we're on the same page, and we'll prove it to you. And she goes, okay, that's great. I'm going to need you to prove it. And there you go. Now, Micah doesn't know this, but last night on the Extreme Review, I said of the uh, Sasha and Asuka finish, I think it's perfectly fine as long as they don't go, Sasha, you can just keep the belt. No big deal. And they didn't. I said I had faith in WWE for once, and they actually pulled off something that made sense. So Bailey and Sasha, who are terrific, by the way, absolutely terrific, they're out there cutting their promo, talking about how they have all the gold now. Uh, Bailey is hilarious in this segment, <laughs> and uh, I can't remember. Do you remember what she said? Here you go. Yeah, I was just yeah, with a funny voice. Like here you go, and it was just I don't know. I just it was it was humorous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're talking about how they have all the gold. Asuka's music hits and her and Kyrie come out. And Asuka <laughs> says, Sasha wasn't ready for Asuka, but Asuka wasn't ready for Thief. In a very je- strong she, Japanese accent. Thief. Like thief. she was very um, emotional about it. It was incredible. Mm-hmm. So, very accusatory. Yep. Like that word, thief. Her and Kyrie are coming to the ring, but Stephanie McMahon shows up on the TV. And says, hey, uh, congratulations, girls, on being the tag team champions. Bailey, congrats on being the women, SmackDown Women's Champion. But, Sasha, I can't congratulate you because you didn't win that title. But, Asuka, you actually didn't win the match either. So, next week, we're going to have a rematch. And we're going to have Sasha Banks versus Asuka. And the winner will take home that title. And then she also basically said, if Bailey interferes, it'll be disqualification and Asuka will win. So... Yeah, that's better than it could have went. Significantly better than it could have went, and I was fine with it. I liked it. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, little little 
turn to the story. Yeah. It's better than Asuka just flat out being Sasha, which was what will happen. Uh, no, right. maybe, maybe they'll have a DQ next time. It's no, about, I think uh, I think she'll be time for a DQ. Maybe, <laughs> or roll up. So they run in the ring. Sasha Banks and Bailey are running away. Um, we go to commercial. We come back, and Kyrie Sane versus Bailey has started, which was advertised earlier in the show. It wasn't just random. And uh, it's non-title, of course. Um, there was a spot in this that I really liked. So Kyrie hit the insane elbow, which is the best elbow drop I've ever seen. It's just so unique and so cool. She flies so high. Uh, Bailey kicks out. Not much long. Not 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 long later. What sentence am I trying to say here? Not much later, uh, Bailey gets up top and hits her elbow, which Bailey. What? Sorry, go ahead. No, it was fine. I, I got. I fixed it. And so Bailey hits the elbow on Kyrie. Soon. 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 Uh, Bailey hits the elbow on Kyrie, and then Kyrie kicks out. And then they say, "Well, Bailey knows a thing or two about elbows," which is cool because she has done the elbow in the past, even as a finisher at one point. So uh, yeah, it was cool. Uh, the match had a surprise roll-up, which I usually complain about, but this one was absolutely perfect. And the only reason that I wasn't like super into this finish is because WWE does roll-ups all the time, and they get old, but this one was one that needed to happen, and it was really well done. So basically, Bailey was going for the Bailey to, ba- the Bailey to Belly, and Kyrie Sane reversed it into a roll-up and got the one, two, three. And it was just, it was out of nowhere. It was just really well done. I really liked the finish to this match. And then uh, Kyrie leaves the ring, and her and Asuka go up the ramp. And the, like, Sasha and Bailey just look so dejected. And the announcers are putting over, you know, this is a really big dent in Sasha and Bailey because now, you know, they have to go in with a loss on their record. And, like, it doesn't really matter if they have who won this match when it comes to Asuka and. Sasha for next week, but yeah, Kyrie got the win over Bailey, which is interesting because she's wrapping up with WWE. So mm. I don't know what uh, what they were doing with that, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah, I love I Kyrie saying. I didn't expect that. No, after neither. what you told me about yeah. about her. Yeah, yeah. So Drew's backstage with Sarah now, and he's like, she asked him how he's feeling. He's like, yeah, I'm I'm hurting, but I'm still WWE champion, and uh, I want to discuss my next opponent. I'm going to go to the ring. So he goes to the ring. And, oh, and I do want to say, and I forgot about this, I'm sorry. During the bailey Kyrie match, they cut back to Shayna oh, and yeah. did a promo with Shayna. Now, this was fine because I like Shayna, but I hate it when they do promos in the middle of matches. I think it's just really stupid. But Shayna, like whoever, Charlie or Sarah, whoever the heck it was, goes up to Shayna and says, hey, you know, what, what interest do you have in this match? And she said, well... Um, I've defeated every woman in that ring and every woman in this locker room. And my interest is basically that of a shark. And she kind of stumbled across her words. And I think she forgot the end of the sentence. Forgot the line. Kind of had to make it up. She yeah. Along. She's all right. But she, she, she saved it. And she said that, you know, she's like a shark. And then everyone else in the ring is her prey. And uh, she kind of like waves off whoever the interviewer is and kind of scoffs as they walk away. And it was, it was fine. Uh, it's just that, could this not have happened at another point of the show? I mean, it's only a three-hour show. Right? They don't well, really they have, have time for, yeah. for lollygagging around. Yeah. No gotta, lollygagging. They gotta fit it all in there. Well, I mean, they at least gave us a nice broad shot of the TV that she was watching. Right. But, yeah, as she stood, you know, looking sideways at the television. You know how you watch television. 
So, I mean, we could see it really well, but I don't know if you're watching on a smaller TV than we were, it would have been quite small. Right. But. Yeah. Made no sense. Anyway, that's fine. Uh, Drew comes out. He is saying, hey, you know, even though I let Dolph pick his own stipulation, uh, I still destroyed him. And now I'm looking for, he says, SummerSlam is the second biggest show of the year. I won this title at WrestleMania, and I won a worthy opponent. To which Dolph Ziggler comes out, and Drew's like, hey, bro, I literally just beat you 24 hours ago. You're not getting another shot. And Dolph's cutting a promo about why I should receive another shot, and Drew's like, no. My answer is no. You don't deserve it. And he said, I'm going to save you the embarrassment, and I'm just going to leave. So he starts to leave, and Ziggler grabs him, and he turns around and headbutts Dolph, who takes a big bump. And Drew starts to leave. Dolph yells at him, calls him a bad name, to which Drew turns around. And Dolph said, look, I deserve this. This time I'll let you pick the stipulation. And Drew says, hey, I guess all those years in law school paid off. I did not know Dolph Ziggler went to law school. And he said, you've convinced me. So in two weeks' time, or he might have said next week. I can't, I can't remember, to be honest. He said, I'm going to pick the stipulation. And he turns around and walks away. And Dolph's like, wait, 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 wait. What's the stipulation? And Drew goes, I'm going to do the same thing you did to me. I'm not telling you. I'll tell you as the match starts. And walks off. Everyone and their mother knows that Dolph Ziggler's not going to win this match. I mean, he literally just had every odd in his favor and still lost. Yep. The fact that this is even a thing is kind of embarrassing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For a minute, I was like, all right. That's right, Drew. Tell them that we're not going to WWE this right. anymore. Right. No winning matches and then having to fight that same person again for six months. Makes no sense. I.e. Randy Orton and Edge. Right. But he caved. So so Drew has lost a like a half a cool point in my yeah. estimation. Because for a minute, I was like, this is the change we need to see. <laughs> and then no change. Yeah. No, no change. Yeah. But so, only a 0. 0.5 out of, like, 200. Yeah. So it's very small very cool. margin. So very if you're much listening, like you're still really cool. Yeah. Because, so, of course, he's listening. Yes, of course he is. So we, uh, we're backstage. Big Show is cutting a promo that I didn't really love, but I also really liked. So uh, he basically gets a promo talking about how he and Randy Orton used to travel together. They had their own nickname for each other. Um, and he, he talks about how he, you know, they're – legitimately really good friends and he got a little emotional as big show tends to do because he is a very emotional person um but i just thought it made him look a little weak but he did say you know if this is my last hurrah i'm gonna make it a good one and it was it again it wasn't bad i just didn't love this um but again it was it was a very solidly delivered promo i just i didn't really love the writing Does that make sense yeah i get it yeah so then we get your unsanctioned match with Big Show versus Randy Orton. Um, I want to say that I absolutely love and respect the Big Show. Um, I think he's one of the best big men that has ever walked planet Earth. But he is having re- like he can't do anything anymore. He can't run the ropes. He's very slow. He can only take bumps a certain way. Uh, he can't like fall to take a regular bump, which I get. I mean, he's a huge man. And he's getting older, so I, I'm not. I'm not trying to knock him. I just feel that this is a review show, and I feel the need to point out that he, you can tell that he's struggling. Okay. Um, with that said, the story in this match, 
was really well done. And considering Randy Orton matches are generally a little slower anyway, the pacing was just fine. Uh, the Big Show took a RKO. Uh, and again, this was an unsanctioned match. There were a couple chair shots. Uh, Big Show did the Vader bomb onto a table and missed. So he went straight through the table and Randy Orton rolled off. Um, after the second RKO, Randy Orton got the win. And then, of course, he punted Big Show in the head. He then stood over Big Show, or like like Viper crawled over Big Show, and said, you're just like all the others. You're one more legend down. And it was well delivered. It was good. Uh, and he got up on the turnbuckle, did his little pose, and that's his show. It ended. Uh, and the match was just fine. I mean, it was it was not great, to be honest, but again... It's two really big stars, and how much? How many more matches are we going to see the Big Show in? I mean, that might have been it. So I, I really enjoyed it from that aspect. Was it great? No, it, it wasn't. But I, I appreciated the work that these two men put in, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I don't think anybody expected this match to be good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, apparently it did... Either you or Kyle sent this to me, and I can't remember who. It wasn't long that was, ago. That was me. Yeah, it like did one of the worst quarter hours. It uh, is in the a, worst quarter hour in Raw history. Yeah, in its twenty-seven year history. Wow. So, which is unfortunate, but uh, just wait till that NBA comes in. Yeah, I know. And with Raw hitting their 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 ratings were up this this week, but last week it was their lowest of all time. So, and I know we joke a lot about WWE, but none of us are rooting for it to do poorly. When I there am. are more no, when there are more wrestling fans, <laughs> when, when there are more wrestling fans, there are more people that listen to our show and more people that listen to other shows. Um, more people watch AEW because of the WWE because they're the main draw in America. So people hear wrestling and they think of WWE. If yeah. more people watch WWE, then they'll discover AEW. They'll discover New Japan. They'll discover Ring of Honor. They'll discover Impact, and hopefully they'll go to local indie shows. So wrestling is better when WWE is in a good position and they're in a horrible position right now. So yeah, hopefully things will turn around. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Raw was raw was fine this week. Um, it was far from bad. Uh, a matter of fact, I would say there were some aspects that were really good. I don't think, and I'm, I'm looking back at all the matches. I don't think there was a single bad match. Even Ruby Rat and Peyton Royce was good. And they were, they were given a few minutes. They were given like four or five minutes uh, which is more than the standard squash women's match they've been doing, you know, the last last little while. Um, I think the show was probably like a B minus show. Mm. Uh, did I enjoy it more than Dynamite? Well, I enjoyed it more in the first hour of Dynamite, uh, but I did not enjoy it nearly as much as the second hour of Dynamite. And again, this is the WWE scale, so it's rated a little bit differently. But I, I think this is a, a solid B minus show. Um, Raw has been good for a solid month or so now, and I hope it continues that upward trend. We'll we'll see. What do you think, honey? I th- my rating is two chocolate chip cookies. Okay, but your significant other drank all the milk and put the carton back in the fridge empty. Oh, or that's like an F minus. No, that's... but you still get the cookies. They're mm. just you know no milk. Yeah, but if you're expecting the the milk. Well, that's, 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 that's it. That's the rating. Do you drink milk with your cookies, Micah? Uh, Oreos, I do. 
Interesting. I didn't. I don't think I knew that. I don't drink. I don't drink it with Oreos. I use Oreos as a cereal. <laughs> that, exactly. Yeah. Chips Ahoy, same way, man. They're exactly. delicious. Yep. Mini Chips now, Ahoy are the best cereal. Absolutely. Now, did you? Because you obviously were very plugged into this rock. So you you gave a lot more opinions on it than you usually do. Did you watch the show? Would you like to grade it? I didn't watch the show. I watched clips of the show. Okay. Um, I usually try to try to watch the high spots that people are talking about. Yeah. Uh, so I can give some input. But uh, no, I, di- I didn't watch the show. I don't think it'd be fair to grade it, but okay. I will do it anyways. I give it an F. <laughs> it was far from you an F. You didn't watch it, it gets an F. Far from an F. <laughs> no, the, the spots actually saw, that I did see were, were actually pretty good. So it, 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 it didn't seem like a bad show. An F for you didn't freaking watch it. That's, that's what it. Uh, that's what it is. That's F for I hope WWE fails. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's me. I really don't yeah. want them to fail, but I do want them to do poorly when they're putting out a poor product. I think that's, that's fair. fair. Yeah. If you're putting that's out a poor fair. product, you deserve to do poorly. That way you'll do better. That's yeah, what I want. I, I want everybody to do better. I wish that I enjoyed watching WWE every week like I used mm-hmm. to. Yeah. yeah. But I don't because it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so F minus. F minus. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 120 of Wrestle Life Radio. Can you believe we've been doing this for over a year? Oh my gosh. You can follow us all on Instagram and Facebook at Wrestle Life Radio and on Twitter at Wrestle Life Pod. You can't follow Micah, so B-dubs, where can we find you? On the gram and YouTubes. Carol Sin, C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N and carolsin.wordpress.com. 100%. You can find music there, videos talking about uh, your family's uh, autism journey mm-hmm. is that yes the we can find words? you we can see the face of matthew Sand yeah don't do that nobody wants that <laughs> <laughs> everyone wants that yeah we're I'm, I'm on there talking about it a little bit so it's pretty cool it's pretty cool uh, and of course you can follow me on instagram and twitter at wrestle life matt for random banter during uh pay-per-view shows is pretty much all that i post um you can listen to us exactly where you're listening to us right now uh, or anywhere else that includes Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, Radio Public, doesn't matter. If you can find podcasts on this network, we are there. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thank you for giving us an hour and a half or so of your time. We legitimately appreciate it, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. Pray in the water.